Brandon, let me ask you a question. Ask. What do these people have in common? <laughs> okay. Let me know when you let, let me know when you got it. Tom Mount. Uh Sheck Exley. They're divers. They're divers. They're uh Lamar Hires. They're all Capricorns. Larry Green. Um, hold on, hold on. Jeffrey Bozanic. Yeah. I got another one for you. Okay. Woody Jasper. Okay, I think I know where you were going. I, I think uh Jill Heinerth. Jill Heinerth. Cave divers. What? You're what? talking cave divers. Kate, no, I wasn't talking cave divers. I was talking <laughs> people with facial hair. <laughs> oh. It just so happens that a lot of cave divers do have facial hair. Well, that's that's damn right. Poor Jill. You put Jill in there, stop. Just stop. Well, right Jill's now. in the cave diver category. I was going, I wasn't even thinking cave diver. I was just thinking. You were thinking. Oh. I was just thinking yeah. burly, moustached, bearded <laughs> cave divers that I think of when I think of people hanging out in okay. North Florida, hanging out on the shores, of rocky shores of Jimmy table. Springs. And they're hanging out at a picnic table. Hanging out at a picnic table in North Florida. With a van down by the river. Well, maybe all those bearded cave divers should be a little bit more like Jill. And maybe it's time to get rid of that cave diving facial hair. No more hiding behind that. It's time to clean up everybody with Manscapes Beard Hedger. That's where I was going. Whoa. We jumped right into the old Manscaped... (laughs) We didn't even give them like 10 seconds. And because we're starting off another International World Cave Diving Month here at the end of January. Let's just call it global. And often we start these off with tragedy. You don't want, uh, you know, your face to be an unruly tragedy, people. Join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our special offer. Go to manscaped.com and use the code TGDP. For 20% off and free shipping. Your balls will thank you. And your face. <laughs> Brando, that beard hedger that I know you love to give yeah. you that 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 perfectly quaffed cave diver mug of yours. Cordless, <laughs> 20 different lengths so you can style and shape that thing of yours on your face any way you want it. Waterproof. That's right, people. You don't have to have drawers full of 20 different cutting guards. And you can shower shave, which is my favorite part. Shower shaving's the best. Get over and uh, enjoy that uh, new bonus that they have over the two people because Manscaped has now thrown in a beard accessory pack. That little beard brush and comb, Brando, those little beard scissors. Oh, yeah. Get those finishing touches all modern day guarded up and looking good like uh, the gentleman that you are well thanks for those fine compliments james manscapes brings out the best in me get 20 percent off everybody in free shipping with our code tgdp at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off free shipping at manscaped.com use our code tgdp it's uh cave diving season everybody get over there get your beard hedger pro kit so that you can shape your beard up for a well-dived cave dive like your buddies at uh, Great Dive Podcast. Brando, it is 
another season. You knew it would be here. You knew it was on its way. Of world-famous Great Dive Podcast, Cave Diving Month. And like we like to do for the people whenever we try to do something new and fun, we like to start it with a little tragedy. And we're going to go back to one of those old-school Great Dive Podcasts where I, I read the people and I read Brando a little cave diving story. That's my favorite time of day when you read me a little cave diving story. <laughs> Nussle up with your little spool and reels, Brando. Grab your little cookies <laughs> and your blankie. Cuddle up by the fire. Grab my reel. Grab my reel and my markers. And, and, your, gonna... and your David Ray action figure. <laughs> <laughs> and get ready for story time. Shout out to Dave. <laughs> <laughs> David Ray action figure. He's got a to- his own toothpick. <laughs> it, does, it does. It like slides in and out like uh, exactly. Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker's lightsaber used to. <laughs> action toothpick. It's called. Got the action toothpick. Well, this story is something that uh, old buddy David Ray would not recommend in one of his classes today. It's about a solo cave diver, Brando, who gets into some serious trouble. Oh, well, it can happen. It can happen with a lot of divers. And uh, I, I think this is a story that's very reminiscent of a, of a lot of solo diving fatalities that have occurred. And I think, you know, one of the things that has plagued scuba for so many years um is you know what we've talked about a lot in the past of that inconsistency in training where people get a little frustrated and it's just man it, it's so easier i'm just going to be self-reliant and just do this on my own that way i don't have to count on anybody i, can, I know i can trust myself um i'm always losing buddies buddies are always getting separated it's always the same ocean buddy thing every time i get in the water i'm just going to start diving solo yeah because it's way safer We've heard it a million times. I've got times. a pony bottle, for God's sakes. That's my buddy. And this is one of those that happens once again, but unfortunately, this one happens in a cave. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Dramatic music. Cue the dramatic music. This is a story about a guy named Deacon. Deacon. Deacon, the moustached cave diver. That, well, with a name like Deacon, you got to have a moustache. He was a confident man, confident in his skills, confident in his beard, along with his training and his abilities, Brando. It's good to have confidence. And because of that confidence, he preferred to dive alone. Okay, well... Are we confusing antisocial behavior with confidence? <laughs> well, interesting you say that um, as to uh, how this plays out. Yeah, because um, because I don't really think it was his confidence in his skills and his training, his ability and his mustache that put him into the situation that he was. I wouldn't call that confidence that says I'm going to go do this solo dive in this area i wouldn't call it confidence when you know you know that you should be doing one thing and you decide to do another i wouldn't call that confidence 
What would you call it? Dementia? <laughs> I would call it a little bit of ego more than confidence. Well, I think there's a, a lot of confusion about the two. I mean, ego can make you overconfident with nothing really there to back it up. You know, I mean, we've seen it a million times as somebody's very, very confident until you, you ask them to, you know, to do something. <laughs> you know, they, how can I put it? They, um, the confidence is falsely based somehow. I mean, because nothing's happened. Because nothing's happened, you're good to go. And you, in your mind, well, if this happens, I'll just do this. If I run out, you only see one side of the story as far as I'll bring an extra bottle. If I run out of gas, I got this extra bottle. But you don't see the, you know, 101 other things besides running out of gas that can happen to you. Sure. And uh, diving is certainly can lead to 101 different things popping up pretty quick for, for all different people. As we're going to see, you know, it's a little thing that you never would have expected to happen. Happens with old Deacon on this dive. But it's no different than, you know, I, mean, I can see like do it being confident in your skills, training, and ability because right now we need to have somebody go help somebody out in this like very unique, weird, strange little thing that occurred. And if we don't go now, you know, yeah. there's no way to help. Okay, yeah. I'm confident in myself. I know I wouldn't normally do this, but. I've been here a million times yeah. with people. Let's make it happen, which is different than just like not wanting to take the time to learn to get really good in the water myself and with other people to build a quality dive team that I can be confident in. That's a big difference, in my opinion. Oh, I agree. I agree with you. That's um... And that's what I mean when scuba, like general open water based scuba for the longest time, you know, they've always had that that bailout of just go to the surface and reunite there, which you don't have in a cave environment, which is why the cave education has really, you know, went down a different path in its development than the open water world did. Yeah. And unfortunately, you can't take open water training and take it to a cave environment. Like you can, you know, be overly prepared as a, cave environment thinking in the open water it, it, it doesn't go both ways no that's a one-way um trip you you uh <laughs> yeah you definitely can't go with open water training into the cave and expect to have anything good happen which is what we're here to bring uh the conversation to with the people once again in uh great time podcast international world universal cave diving month <laughs> Deacon didn't know any other divers who could dive where he wanted to dive, Brando. And frankly, he felt that diving with others just got in the way and kept him from making the good dives that he wanted to make, man. You're, you, you, you're, holding you're holding me, me back. back. <laughs> you're holding me back. You're a downer, man. I'm a loner, Dottie. I'm a rebel. <laughs> Well, I mean, it kind of goes with the uh, the whole persona, the uh, what's the word, the um, cliched, stereotypical cave diver. I'm self reliant. I don't need anybody, et cetera, et cetera. Right, right. I mean, when you look at the cave diver at first, you go, "Oh, this guy, he's got three of everything. He's yeah. obviously 
competent and confident, and he knows what he's doing. He's got three of everything. If you were competent, you wouldn't lose two of them. <laughs> <laughs> or if you took the time to really build, you know, a quality teammate in the water, you automatically have two of everything. If only if each of you is carrying one in a way, right? Including a brain, including a goddamn brain, and which is the most vital tool you can take with you uh, on a cave dive. Which I would say is why, you know, uh, at the same time, that's also the hardest piece of equipment to train really well is a completely second person to be in the water with that is competent so that the two of you together can be a confident team, which is why so many people just, it's so easy to just go, I'm going to do a deacon and just do it myself because I know I'll be fine. We're calling this doing a deacon. Doing a deacon. As he rounded a corner in the cave system he was exploring, he realized he'd made a mistake somewhere. He'd lost the line he had trailed through the system, and now he wasn't sure how to get back out. He began a methodical search, but he knew he had a limited air supply. Well, don't we all? Deacon was confident, Brando, in his skills, his training, and his ability. (laughs) Yet, (laughs) yet, he still made one of the most fundamental cave diving errors, which is not having a continuous guideline. I mean, how how is that possible for a confident cave diver? Well, I think it's it's the cause. That confidence is the cause of not putting the line in because you're – very confident when you come back. There it is. There's it's, the opening. I'm, I don't. I don't need a line. How often do we see it? Especially when you go to a busy cave, and uh, yeah, you got four or five or ten, you know, reels heading in. Oh, I'm not going to run a line. Yeah, you got ten of them here. Right, right. <laughs> to hell, but. What are the chances of all these people that went in before me coming out yeah. before me too? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you can see where the logic starts to, or pseudo logic starts to play that little um, factor in your decision making. Like, well, I've dove this dive a million times. I don't need. I don't need to follow one of those five rules. Right. But that's an overconfidence based on fallacy. I, I in my humble opinion. Uh, and you and I would would agree on that one, right? And uh, something here, like I mean, this is a, I mean, if there's ever a, a a strong case for why you have the teammate, it's a silly little mistake like this of yeah. leaving the line too far, whereas a you know a buddy in the water who's well trained like you are is going to go, whoa, wait a minute, where are you yeah. going? Yeah, like if yeah. we're going over there. We're gonna. We're running a jump. Yeah, you never know what you're gonna run into. You don't. You, you say we won't stir it up, but someone else may stir it up. Yeah, you, you have no idea what you're gonna run into. You, you, rock could fall, the ceiling could collapse. You know, you have no idea. Is it likely? No, but can it happen? And of course, it can happen. Uh, and that's why. And that's why the rules are made as the rules. Yeah. Th- those. Five big rules, especially, but pretty much everything. It's it's not you don't have all these rules and redundant gas systems yeah. and uh, extra lights and running a continuous line because uh, cave diving so easy and generally nothing ever happens. 
Yeah, you have them because (laughs) it has happened. I guess my other side of this is cost benefit. Like, what's it going to cost you? Ten seconds extra? Even if it's a minute? Yeah. What What is it going to cost you? You know, and the benefit you have is a very uh, comforting feeling. I mean, I've taken shortcuts in diving before, and the whole dive, you're like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. It's not a happy feeling at all. Yeah, so. Now, Brando, Deacon was a 53-year-old technical diver with cave diving experience. He's an old, old, old man. man. He's a young man. He had his whole life ahead of him. Old man here. (laughs) The best was yet to come, they say. (laughs) His his beard that he was manscaping was not a thick, dark brown any longer. (laughs) He just had speckles of gray popping through. It was mostly white by this age. Supposedly indicating his wisdom and experience in life he mixed his own breathing gas and maintained his own gear well of course he did because he was a diver's diver right that's what that's what divers divers do i don't need you and your shop dive shop (laughs) mixing station i don't need you and your regulator repair i could do this myself i'm deacon and just like he uh, liked to mix his own gas and maintain his own gear, he preferred to explore his cave systems alone also. And often, he used specialty gas mixes, Brando, for his dives. Specialty gas mix. I'll have this. I'll have the Very gas mix special today. unique ones. <laughs> I'm afraid. As the way you we'll say see. that, as you say that, it makes you wonder. Uh, hey, man. You ever try this neon? (laughs) Dude. Good stuff. Now, Brando, he also had a history of seizures. Why wouldn't you go by yourself now? And took medication (laughs) for his condition. Oh, for crying out loud. Now, I can... I don't agree with it. And I'll always be a staunch supporter of... If you have the urge to do a solo dive it's probably because you haven't put the work in to build a team and you should try building a team first agreed but i can somewhat get the guys that finally you know they've been tired doing of trying it. So, to find a buddy so yeah. uh, okay they want to do it okay i kind of get it yeah. now if you've got a medical condition where you could just lose consciousness out of the blue on the regular all right that should get in the way of your decision of like i'm just gonna do the solo dive still what could go wrong well obviously with a history of seizures not like you had a seizure but you've got a history of them yikes yeah seizures are no joking matter either they're no uh nothing to take lightly when you are into something like cave diving or deep technical diving or and then you're going to experiment you're going to experiment with uh Odd gas mixtures, out of the norm gas mixtures. I don't know. This is the more you read, the more I find out. The more I'm like, it's a recipe for, it's an almost certain recipe for disaster. Now I could get. I mean, if we look at you know, all right, he's an experienced guy. He's done this a bunch. He's used to it. I could see him, you know, saying, "I'm just going to do another dive at my favorite little cave." 
I mean, it says here that he's exploring someplace new as well. So it's not like he's doing the, the same old run, you know, yeah. and Peacock, you know, just going down. It, it, it's a different, different dive, which, you know, people need to, you know, our listeners out there need to, you know, have in the back of their mind when they're out doing dives. Underwater, man, it's always, you're always playing with fate a little bit. I mean, we've we've done many a stories of of these scuba fatalities that happen in twenty feet at the local training quarry because people right. just take the dive for granted and get into their rhythm and they miss the big sign. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they they may sit there at the back of their dive vehicle for an extra hour nitpicking every O, o- ring while the big you know <laughs> the big giant through the trees you yeah. know grim reaper's been putting his fins on like right next to you the whole the whole dive whacked you in the head with his sickle a couple times and you don't even he's not pay even attention certified to for this dive he has horrible trim carrying that sickle it's that goddamn <laughs> robe he's got on all the time put on a, dr- put on a dry a suit <laughs> exploring a new cave system was always exciting for deacon this system sprawled miles underground, and he hoped to find a new section he could explore and maybe map. Deacon attached a diving reel to an anchor point just inside the cave entrance and began his dive. Okay. Pretty typical way that, that yeah. you should start a dive, right? Yeah. Always run the line. So you got a continuous line there. Yeah. And that's usually where you see people skip it. You know, that or, or a little short jump. They'll skip. Yes, that's yeah. the lazy part for so many people, yeah. especially with a lot, of, a lot of the caves nowadays where they've brought the line relatively close, close you right. know, uh, to the open water zone. Ah, it's right there. I know where it is 100 times. I don't need to run a line. But we don't run a line out of protocol just at the beginning of the dive because you're supposed to you run it for when things go south. Everything goes bad, and it's yeah. the only way you can get home. He was diving nitrox, Brando. Okay, well, wasn't that weird of a mixture? A slightly elevated concentration of oxygen. Don't say nitrox. 40. 40. Don't say it. 50. 27% oxygen. Well, he's whatever. 73% nitrogen. Okay. Deacon liked those odd numbers. He was not an he was not an even number guy. It's not a standard mix, but it's not a uh, you know, it's not stupid. It's not a mix anybody would pick. Yeah, but what happens this is, is a you, 20, you have a little bit of 32, yes, and then exactly. you're like, just top it up. I don't need – I'm going 60 feet. Right, you know? exactly. This yeah. is exactly what this is, in my, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, knowing nothing about Deacon, yeah, he, he had 32%, and he topped off with air, came out 27. In he my opinion, it, it, right? he analyzed it yeah. exactly where I'm going to. Like This is making all good decisions. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. not going to – I could just do an air top for this dive. It's not deep. It's uh, – it's, it's, uh, uh, Air plus dive is really what it is. Not right. really a, a nitrox 32 a little, dive. A little bit of a safety factor, but yeah. like whatever. The cave system was known to be relatively shallow, so the oxygen concentration wouldn't be a problem, and it would give him a little extra time without worrying about decompression status. But really, really at this point, he's probably not even diving worried about... Yeah, yeah, he's, he's yeah. diving in his air. He's not really worrying about deco status, really. I mean, what's he gonna save? He's gonna he's gonna pick up yeah, yeah two three minutes of no decompression yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. 
Now, Brando, Deacon told a couple of friends his plan for the day and where he was going to dive. And when he didn't return a few hours later, they alerted the authorities. The police organized a team of divers trained in cave recovery, and Deacon's body was found the next day inside the cave system. He was 300 feet from the cave's entrance. Um, what do you th- keep going? At a depth of 46 feet, and he had completely exhausted his breathing gas. Okay. 300 feet from the exit. I think he got lost. The recovery divers reported that Deacon's fin was tangled in the real line he had been following, but didn't think that that was the cause of the accident. Yeah. The medical examiner ruled Deacon's death an accidental drowning caused by scuba diving. Scuba diving caused Scuba gets him again. Well, you see, and that's, that's kind of a bummer thing to say, too, because uh, it's not really scuba. I mean, yes, you were scuba diving, but what got you was you fucked up scuba diving. It's like (laughs) a scuba diving error, I would say, right? Let's be a little more specific. Well, he had a medical issue. And he had a medical issue. Going going into the dive with it. Yeah. So, but do they know if he had a seizure? I mean, you can tell if someone had a seizure. It's hard Without a lot of practice, especially in a cave, you know, and you know, with some flow coming during a seizure, to to maintain (laughs) trim, tying up, tying a line, you know, if you've got if you've got perfect trim, perfect (laughs) poise control. Let alone if you're having a seizure, you know how difficult it is to tie that line. You know what? You know how hard it is to do that drop tie in the middle of a seizure (laughs) when you're pulling a Steely Dan. Singing Deacon Deacon Blues, <laughs> Deacon. That's bad. When he said his name, that's the first thing that went through my mind. Steely Dan, Deacon Blues. Uh... <laughs> you got nothing. You you had some Ramon song coming through your head, but none of them have the word Deacon in them. <laughs> Correct. Correct. <laughs> so, did we get any further? like uh information as far as quite possibly what could have happened brando since deacon was alone on the dive there's no way to know what happened to cause this accident i mean remember he was an experienced diver an experienced cave diver and he was well equipped for the diving situation i mean so on paper Mm -hmm. he had everything that he should have had in going into this dive, equipment-wise. Yeah. Well, minus the one piece, you know, an extra brain. But, again, I think that's the biggest thing when, you, when you're talking to team, a teammate. Yeah, it's nice you have your, your spare equipment is my spare equipment. You know, it's my extra gears, my uh, emergency equipment. That's... And that's all great, but then, you know, so the solo diver mentality is, well, I'll just bring two, and I'll have the same same thing as if I had a buddy. But you're missing, you know, that one vital piece, which is another brain, you know, to think and, and help. Um, and, it, you know, it's another body, too, as well as hands and 
can help you out. Right. Your pony bottle is not going to do a no. emergency recovery for you. And it's not going to notice anything that you're fucking up with. That uh, fifth dive light is not going <laughs> to donate gas to you. That slob winder. <laughs> yes, you can now turn off your, your manifold. <laughs> but it's not, you know, it's not going to notice anything. It's not going to, it doesn't have eyes on anything and it doesn't have an extra set of hands. I mean... There's a lot more to diving with a team than just having the extra equipment. And that's why the solo mentality leaves that por- portion out. It just says, just bring extra gear and be competent with it. Right, which we know and we've seen many times is a false sense of planning. It is. It's lacking. It's lacking a vital part, which is another human being, another freaking brain and set of hands. And uh, I mean, we've Which seen is, this before too, though, James, haven't we? There, there's more than a few very skilled and experienced cave divers that do solo cave diving that don't anymore because I don't know. It's this confidence in in uh, like what could go wrong that I couldn't handle by myself. Well, well, you'll probably very likely do a thousand dives before it happens, right? It, it, in in all real you know all reality but dive thousand and one yeah it comes when, up. when you need somebody to see that mistake that you're about to make that you're totally ignoring that that little thing that's not a problem right now but holy shit is it going to be in a couple of minutes yeah if somebody's eyes could have seen that to prevent it from ever you know going down that path man that's that's worth every every dive buddy problem you could ever want to have in a lifetime of diving. Oh, well, that's I mean that's where that argument comes in. You know, well, I could have brought a buddy and he could have killed me. Or ah, uh, well, that's why you don't just body take body a buddy; you take, you take a, teammate. a teammate. Right, and it takes a lot of work. It's not one weekend class of you know your teammate specialty mermaid right. <laughs> in order to, in order to get it i mean it takes you got to get the training and then you got to put the time in individually as much as together and then broaden out so like any of these teammates are all equipped planned thinking and working the same way so now your pool of teammates is just like being on any sports team mm-hmm. where you can get on the field or get on the rink or get in the arena with, with any one of them and have a good game. Yeah. yeah and, when I mean, you're, uh, and when your arena is a, a cave underwater, man, there's only, there's only one way for you to come out of this. Yeah. I mean, um, there's just nothing worth dying for down there. And I don't know. It's more fun and it, with somebody else as well. I mean, we, there's a million reasons yeah. to not solo dive. Now, despite having all the equipment, having all the experience, he still ran out of breathing gas, and he drowned. Whether he lost the line, as described earlier, and then found it but overstayed his time, or whether he simply lost track of time and his breathing gas is unknown... He was on the line and on his way back toward the entrance when he ran out of breathing gas. Cave divers typically, he says here, plan their dives to hold at a minimum one-third 
of their breathing gas in reserve for emergency purposes. They use one-third of their air for the exploration phase and plan to use one-third for the exit, and that leaves plenty of gas, typically, in case they get into trouble. What they we also d- say the other third's for your partner, and if you ain't got no partner, you can... You're like he's going halves, or he's doing making a you know a very bad decision, which is easily the the way you can right. rationalize the situation on yeah. a solo dive like that, right? Yeah. I've got more time because I don't have to say third for my teammate. Yeah, Clowny McSilty face. <laughs> Clowny McSilty face. I love that guy. He gets a bad rap, but he's a lot of fun. What we do know is he ran out of gas and drowned. There can't be any worse way to die than knowing that you're not going to make your way out of the cave before you run out of air. You literally watch your life support along with your pressure gauge drop to zero. Mm -hmm. That's a rough one. Yeah, I mean, just talk about a horrific way to go. Yeah, yeah, you wonder, you're like, well... How can I avoid going through that last couple minutes of really not having any air? <laughs> How can I avoid that? Because it's coming. You know it's coming. Right. I mean, uh, are you you sit there thinking of your family. You sit there thinking of every decision that you just made, kicking yourself in the ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you, are you, you, you spend it frantically trying to just – Swim your Hail ass Mary, off. swim yeah. your ass out in any way, hoping that it's the right way. Man, what a terrible way to go. There are some divers, including some cave divers, who choose to dive alone. They carry additional redundancies and even more breathing gas with them in case of a problem arises. Deacon was not carrying an additional emergency breathing gas supply. Deacon was also known to take an anti-seizure medication. The medical examiner found no trace of the medication in his system during the autopsy. There you go. Well, that's doesn't doesn't prove anything, but it it shows some likely circumstances that may have happened, right? Likely events that may have happened, like a seizure. Yeah, they say the main concern with people with epilepsy or other conditions that might cause seizures. And scuba diving is the risk of having a seizure and losing consciousness while underwater. A seizing diver would likely lose control of his regulator and drown. Again, we can't know exactly what happened to Deacon, but it is possible that he had a seizure inside the cave system and lost consciousness. Without losing control of his regulator, it's possible, I guess. When he regained consciousness, if that's the case, he could have made for the exit, but it was too far inside at that point to make it all the way out. You know, so he could have you know, saying he could have had that seizure, not lost his regulator, just kept mm-hmm. breathing when he came out of the seizure unconscious. And when he came to, I mean, he was sucking on fumes and still had you yeah. know, an, another couple hundred feet to get out. Yeah, that's uh, definitely a, a scenario to entertain as far as what could have happened. I mean, and then like you're, you're rushing and hurrying, which is only going to make you breathe faster. Yeah. And then your technique starts getting sloppy. And then you start kicking up that line that you're trying to, to mess with. And panic sets in. Yeah. Uh... Now, if Deacon had been diving with a buddy, it is possible his buddy could have helped him with whatever problem arose inside the cave. His buddy could have also encouraged him to turn the dive earlier and head back for the surface when they reached the first third of their breathing gas supply. 
when you choose to dive alone, there's no one there to help you should you get in trouble. And the proponents of solo diving, though, will say, yeah, but you also don't know what happened, so stop speculating. And you're like, well, well wait a goddamn minute. <laughs> Yeah, so so we don't know what happened, so solo diving's still cool. No, you can't know what happened unless you had a camera, you know, hey, set up this camera so if I die, you can know what happened. It might help other solo divers. Closed circuit cameras in every cave. There you go. That's call the we scuba, need a law. We need call a law. the scuba police. <laughs> call, call our our legislation. All of these caves should be under surveillance. Yeah. Just like running out of gas in your car. The problem comes from trying to go just a little further or not noticing that your gauge is on empty. But running out of breathing gas on a dive, especially inside an overhead environment like a cave, is deadly. It's, yeah. (laughs) It's not only deadly, it'll kill you. (laughs) Not only could it kill you, but it could be your last dive. I heard it's fatal. Yeah, old Deacon, man. Yeah, that is a, a, a sad story in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, I get the people out there that, you know, they're at the quarry. And they, uh, they just want to get, you know, a little, couple more little practice runs in, you know, before that big dive they got at the end of the month. And none of their buddies can make it. And they, they're going to do the solo dive and 30 feet of water. In a set of doubles, you know, they're overly redundant. I mean, I, I, I get how easy it is to want to go do the dive. But it's something that you always got to think of. And then especially when you're going to kick it up to a cave dive. Yeah. Let alone a cave dive where I'm going to, I'm not just doing a cruise down the gold line, you know, a couple hundred feet. Uh, I'm, you know, go to going a, on a cave going, dive. <laughs> I'm going on like a cave dive where I'm going to. Uh, do some exploring and see if I can find uh, uh, some new passage to lay a little bit of new line. Yeah, yeah, that's a uh, that's a significant dive. Usually, if you're looking for a new passage, it's usually a dive that's um, something to be thought about and and planned and and kind of addressed from every angle. So that's where a teammate really helps. People, this is a great little story by our good old scuba diving lesson for life writer, uh, Eric Douglas. And uh, once again, at the end, he gives us a couple of lessons for life. Number one being monitor your breathing gas. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hello. (laughs) Well, I mean, it is part of it. We don't know what happened, so... I don't know. Half of me is like, he's a seasoned cave diver. Monitoring his gas was not the issue. I agree with you. I don't yeah. think he just ran out of gas. Yeah. Oops. Oops. <laughs> I looked down. Oh, son of a bitch. Oopsie. Ain't got enough to go home. I don't know if that happened. Yeah. yeah I mean, but that's not why you're really diving with a with a teammate in the water. Right. Room. Right. I mean, the likelihood of running out of air. I mean, I mean, how many of these cave fatalities that have occurred over the years are really like in 2023, 24, that somebody just sucked, you know, unbeknownst to them, breathed all their gas down and had to share gas because of total 
gas monitoring incompetence. Failure, yeah. I think uh, especially given the the emphasis placed on gas monitoring in, in all your CAVE certification classes, I mean, uh, I think the CAVE community, as far as education-wise, has done a great job of really imprinting in the student's mind how critical monitoring gas is. So I don't see certified CAVE divers like, I didn't check my gas, I didn't check my gas, I didn't check my gas on these long-ass fucking dives. You know, I just don't see it happening. So unlikely. Right. Generally, the case is you've got so much gas that the the monitoring of the gas keeps you on track time-wise for just turning and heading home. Mm-hmm. Diving alone is the second one. Well, that should have been the first. Diving alone is a, another lesson, you know. And he says, if you're going to dive alone, seek out the additional training and obtain the redundant equipment you need to do it safely. Better yet, get a buddy and dive with a friend. Which, like, just having the additional training, having the additional equipment, isn't necessarily going to get old deacon out of this situation i mean if he if he did have the seizure and he did yeah you know or, or if he didn't have the seizure and just got tangled up and couldn't get to his gear i mean having the extra bottle isn't going to do him anything yeah having the seizure isn't going to get him to the bottle yeah i yeah i mean it's, that's it's not that's not that one yeah in my opinion that's not the answer if if what you said happened you know like he uh he did seize he was able to hold his rag in his mouth, which is quite possible. I mean, you seize, your your mouth clenches down. If you don't bite through the rubber, you're probably okay. But, um, you know, if your seizure lasts several minutes or, or who knows what, I mean, you can have status epilepticus, epilepticus, which goes on and on and on. You just keep having a seizure. It's, uh, and you can have different types of seizures. So at the end of the day, we don't we have no idea. So the speculation is really difficult to say whether a bottle, an extra bottle, you know, that that buddy bottle that they call it would have helped them or not. Sure, sure. I mean, you you could easily sit there and make the, the claim, like looking at it from this situation, that if he had an extra bottle, that certainly could have helped if he came right. to and then had some more to breathe. If he'd have brought two extra bottles. Well, now you're talking. Now you're then <laughs> he probably most certainly would have been A-OK. If he would have brought three <laughs> extra bottles. He'd have gone in for another dive. <laughs> but again, I mean, that's that's the looking at it that... that you, you can't base the, the thinking on it, in my opinion, right? I mean, in my opinion, I look at it like... The only real plan is to to have the plan ahead of time that's logical and makes sense, you know, amongst your teammates mm-hmm. that you've got two brains agreeing on or three brains agreeing on and all on the same page for getting everybody home. Yeah. I mean, again, I think the solo diving should have been number one. Like, well, what's the possible causes? Number one, he was by himself. Agreed. Okay. On top of it, we've got the third one, which is medical conditions. Yeah, and that should have been number two. Yeah. Talk to your doctor or a doctor knowledgeable about diving and make sure any and all medical conditions are safe to dive with. And Well, you got to uh, take your medicine if you're and if you epileptic, need- epileptic. Yeah. 
yeah, and if you need to be on medication, you got to be on medication. If that medication is something that uh, your physician advises is not compatible with diving, you've got to take that seriously. Yeah. Oh, agreed. Yeah. Especially with seizures. I'm curious what the relationship between uh, having uh, epilepsy and, you know, the oxygen, higher oxygen content, not that 20, 27% is likely to do much in a shallow dive. Right. It, it, not even, that, not even 50 feet. I mean, it's, it's, but you don't know. You don't know. I mean, we, we have theories of what causes the seizures from higher oxygen, from the oxygen toxicity in the central nervous system. We have theories. Yes. It's, um, I mean, it's still, but they don't know. They don't, you know, do you remember when GABA, yeah. GABA was the thing. And I, I don't know if that's gone away or not. Is it still like a thing? But they're still, yeah, they're still learning and figuring things out. Yeah. Okay. And then you you couple that with um, if he did get tangled up in the line first and started working really hard and mm-hmm. spiked the CO two along go. with a an elevated PPO. We know that do. we know that helps with the seizures as far yeah, as can, we know that that contributes cause, to the yeah. to the oxygen. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot going into it. So yeah, we'll never know. Obviously. Um, all we can do is uh, remember that diving in general is a game that we play where we're diving against physics. We're diving against our human physiology. We're diving against ourselves in many ways. And, uh, you know, doing it in a way that's intelligent, you know, with a teammate in mind to, to, to see the things that you're not seeing and you seeing the things that I'm not seeing and vice versa. I mean, that to me is, is building the best possible chance of a, of a team going in and coming out together. Agreed. But like we say, that takes work. And a a lot of divers just want to get in the water and get the glory dives in. They don't want to do all the hard work. Glory dives. They don't want to do the, they don't don't want, they don't want to do the practice dives. They just want to go right to the end of the line. Does Bruce Springsteen have a song called Glory Dives? Glory Dives. <laughs> He'll pass you by. You are Glory the boss. Dives. You are the boss to me. I was uh, born in the USA. <laughs> yeah, well, we got to wrap this up because my hungry heart is hungry. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good because I was born to run. So let's get out of here. <laughs> Brando, let me uh, hold on. Rosalita's calling. Okay, we could right. we could do this Let's, all day. I got to go to Nebraska. Let's uh, <laughs> sign these logbooks. That is the worst one too. That one just. All right, everybody. That was uh, an interesting start to uh, cave diving month. Uh, going it alone by the great uh, Eric Douglas. So you can always check out his uh, writing over there at scuba diving.com. Look up uh, Lessons for Life. There's a bunch of good ones. All the ones we've done over the years, I'm, I'm surprised we haven't accidentally redone one twice. Maybe we just did. <laughs> Shout Actually, out we, to- <laughs> we could probably just change the names <laughs> and recant, recount an old story. Just change the names. Shout out to Tiffany for uh, keeping us on track there. Thanks, Tiff. Uh, no, uh, hey, we've got the, uh, by the time this comes out, though, we will be en route to Thunder Bay uh, International Film Festival. So if uh, people have some free time over the weekend, head up to Thunder Bay. Yeah, head up to uh, Alpena, Michigan. Join 
your buddies from the Great Dive Podcast up there. Uh, we'll be up there Friday for the big Great Lakes Gala event. It's a gala. Starting at, at, starting at 6 p.m. A gala. Uh, you can see Brando dressed to the nines in his freshly manscaped beard, hedged beard. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, uh, a nice fun weekend up in uh, North Michigan at the Great uh, Thunder Bay National Marine Sanctuary, and our friend Stephanie will be there, yeah, as well as many others. So. All right, come uh, come join us up there in Alpena, everybody. Brando, Jamesy, I think it's no. uh, we tell the no, we're not because uh, we're you. no need, no need to, no need to. All right, everybody, we will talk to you <laughs> next week. Toodles. The Great Dive Podcast is hosted by your buddies, James and Brando. What?